Good morning. Welcome to week number three in our Overwhelm series. And we're learning uh, as we work our way through this series about how we can win over worry. Worry affects so many of us, and, and yet... God in his word in the scripture gives us so many practical things and strategies really how to win over worry and uh, so we're continuing that series on today and and specifically today I want to talk about something that that maybe you don't hear too much about in in a church setting and yet there's a lot in the scripture about it Uh, and, and that's about overdrive overdrive You know, so much of the worry uh, that we feel in our lives, the pressure, uh, all those things, is because of the pace of life. And and many of us, as as Christians, and and even those that are beginning maybe their journey uh, of faith uh, with Jesus Christ, or maybe you're here today and you're just kind of exploring what is this whole Jesus thing about, uh, many of us, the pace of our lives is what really impacts us more than anything else when it comes to worry. And really, we're living lives of overdrive because of being overcommitted and because of overscheduling and not using the time that we have in a wise way. And yet God, early on, in fact, all the way back in Genesis, he gave us a remedy for this. And we see this all throughout the pages of Scripture from Genesis to the end of the book, to the end of the Bible, and that's in Revelation. So how do you know if you're living life in overdrive? What are some signs, real practically, that they can help us kind of assess, am I really living overdrive? Or, you know, is this something that the person next to me ought to be paying more attention to? Uh, So so let's look at some of these signs uh, that that perhaps the pace of life, the the way that we're living it, the speed of life, is too much. And it's actually causing us to be overwhelmed. First thing is this, you're absent. I, I, I couldn't think of a better way to put it. You're absent. In other words, uh, wherever you are in the present moment, you're thinking about being somewhere else. You're never really fully present. You're thinking about the next thing you're going to get to. When you're at home, you're thinking about work. When you're at work, you're thinking about getting home. You're never fully present. That's a great sign that really you're living life in overdrive. You're not going deep in your marriage. You're not really going deep with your kids. You're not really performing at work to your full potential. You're not really resting when you're supposed to be resting because you're really not ever fully present anywhere because your mind is always thinking of the next, the next, the next, the next. You're absent. It may be a sign that you're living life in overdrive. Now here's the second thing, you're emotionally numb. You're emotionally numb. It just feels like you don't feel much. You know, you you hear that uh, uh, one of your friends, uh, you know, they just found out that they're pregnant with their first child and you know you should be excited but you're kinda like, I don't know, That's, that's nice. I am so thrilled for you. You're just numb. You're just numb. You hear about a a, a crisis or a tragic situation that that someone you know goes through, and you're like, oh, that's awful. You're just emotionally numb. Don't have the feelings. Don't feel sad when you should. Don't get excited about the things that you should get excited about. Not excited about the future. You're just kind of going through life numb. It's another sign that maybe you're living life in overdrive. Here's the third sign uh, that we can look at. Your productivity, your productivity is falling off. 
You know, many of us are busy, but we're not productive. There's a difference between being busy and being productive, being fruitful. Put it that way. You're putting in long, long hours at work, but if you're really, really honest with yourself, you're not really very productive. And at the end of the day, if you take a minute and think, you really can't say, well, look at what I accomplished today. Your productivity is falling off. Busy, crazy busy at the pace, but not really very productive. Or how about this fourth sign that you may be in overdrive? Sleep doesn't really refuel you. Sleep doesn't really refuel you. You wake up tired. Eight hours of sleep you got, but you're still tired. It just doesn't really refuel you. For, for some of you, you know, for some of us, eight hours of sleep, we're like, yeah, I think in 1982 I got eight hours of sleep. That could, could be a very good sign that you and I are living life in overdrive. Here's the fifth way, a sign that we're living overdrive. You're becoming cynical. You're just cynical. Cynical about everything. You're kind of jaded and, and, and you're cynical about church. You're cynical about work. You're cynical about love. Cynical about trust. You just are becoming cynical. And you're living life in overdrive. Here's the sixth sign that maybe we're living our life in overdrive. You think numbered lists are dumb. You just think numbered lists are dumb. You're just like, what's the use? And you you just, just keep your head down and you just keep going. You just keep on plowing through. You think about it this way. Workaholism, it's an addiction. Being a workaholic is an addiction. But of all the addictions that a person could possibly have, workaholism is the most rewarded addiction in our culture. Because if you're an addict of work, you'll get promoted and you'll get paid more. And so our culture encourages people to live life at a pace that is unsustainable. And you get rewarded for it. Pat on the back. If you're addicted to drugs, no one's patting you on the back. If you're addicted to porn, if you're addicted to alcohol, no one's saying, great job, let me give you more money for what you're doing. But that's the case when it comes to workaholism. See, here's here's the truth. Everyone's busy. I, I don't know anyone that's not busy. Every one of us is busy. Everyone's busy wasting time. That's all we have. We all have the same amount of time. And it's amazing when we just take a step back, we just dial it back a little bit, how we use our time, how much time we actually waste. And, and I know kind of the pushback, you know, it's like, well, you know, I don't, I, I don't, I don't watch a lot of television. I don't, I, I don't, you know, play a lot of video games, you know. Uh, but how about when you do watch TV? What about binging on Netflix? I don't watch a lot of TV, but when I do, I watch it for 20 hours straight. I watch an entire season on Netflix. It's another sign, overdrive. Overdrive. Binging, or, or, or a gamer. You know, you just, you, I can't stop playing this game until I get to the end of the, the, the ultimate end of the level, the top level. We waste endless amounts of time scrolling through videos on social media. 
Just hours and hours and hours just wasting time. And it's life on overdrive. Life on overdrive. See, we're all very, very busy. We all have very, very busy lives. But I guess the question is this. Do you have a meaningful life? Not how busy you are, because we're all busy. How meaningful is your life? That's the question. You know, I, I love how the philosopher Socrates, he, he put it this way, beware the barrenness of a busy life. Beware the barrenness of a busy life. Just because we're busy doesn't mean our life is meaningful. And, and, and so many people that I know are just caught, and it's a, it's a real struggle for me as well, just caught in the busyness of life. And I think we'd be well to, to just listen to the warning of Socrates. Beware the barrenness of a busy life. Socrates also said this, an unexamined life is not worth living. And I guess this is what this message is all about, that we would examine our lives. Instead of just keep going full throttle in a pace that's unsustainable over the years, over the decades, maybe we just take a step back and examine our life. Here's the thing, busyness is not just a product of the 21st century. As much as we'd like to think that, you know, there's a, there's a word, this is gonna impress people, chronocentrism. Many of us are chronocentric. In other words, we think the time that we live in is so completely different than any other time that's ever existed. That's not the truth. Not at all. We, we think because of the way things are in the 21st century, we're busier than other people. That's not true at all. Human beings are just as busy as they've ever been. It's just doing different stuff. I think the case could be made more time being wasted in the 21st century. I think the case could be made really well. But from the beginning of time, from creation itself to Scripture, gives us a principle of work and rest in creation itself. And it's the word called Sabbath. Sabbath. You don't, don't hear that word much uh, anymore unless you're, you know, listen to 80s hard rock music or something like that. But, but God is the one who gave us this idea, this rhythm of rest and work. Work and rest. Not overdrive. Work and rest. It's called Sabbath. Sabbath. From the beginning of creation, God said to humankind, I'm the one who created you, and I know how you function best. And you can't just keep going in overdrive seven days a week, seven days a week, seven days a week. You can't do it. And so he gives us this idea of rest, of Sabbath. And he literally says in the scripture, I want you to rest about one-seventh of your life. One-seventh of your life as a human being, God says, it'll work out best if one-seventh of it, you rest. Set it aside for worship and for rest. In the Old Testament, God outlined a number of holidays and festivals that, that the Jewish people were to observe. You know what that word holiday comes from? It's a compound, it means holy day. It's the idea of days that are set apart for what purpose? Rest and worship. That's where our word holiday comes from, holy days. And the Jewish calendar, uh, again, spent some meaningful time because of these holidays that God instituted, resting 
and worshiping. Resting and worshiping on the Sabbath. And so here's the big idea today as we talk about this idea of Sabbath. Here's the big idea that I hope you'll take with you. And it's this. If you don't take Sabbath, the Sabbath will take you. If you don't take the Sabbath, if you don't observe the Sabbath, this rest-work cycle, work-rest cycle, if you don't observe it, you'll get it. You're going to get some rest even if you don't want to. You know, it kind of reminds me of uh, that old commercial when I was a kid growing up in the 70s, a, a Fram oil filter. They had that saying, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. That's what God says about the Sabbath. You know, the, the commercial, the guy would say, he's, he wheels out from underneath a car, the mechanic, and he says, you know what? Guy who owns this car, if he'd only paid $5 every six months for this oil filter, Everything would be fine, but he decided he wasn't going to do it. Now he owes me $485. Why? You can pay me now, or you can pay me later. If you don't take the Sabbath, the Sabbath will take you. See, here's the thing. In, in Psalm 46, verse 10, God put it this way. Be still and know that I am God. Be still and know that I am God. So many of us, we're, we're searching. We're, where is God? Boy, I, I wish God would speak to me. I, I, wish I, could, I wish I knew I could discover God's plan for my life. You gotta be still. You gotta set aside time. And, and it's almost impossible if you and I are living our lives in overdrive. And so God says, understand the work-rest cycle. Be still and know that I am God. So four things about the Sabbath that I, I want us to look at in the scripture today. Four things, four, four principles, if you will, about the Sabbath, of how we can combat overdrive. Here's the first one. The Sabbath is a gift. The Sabbath is a gift. It's a gift from God. We as human beings, we're hardwired for both work and rest if we stop doing either, if we stop living full and abundant lives and taking time to rest, our lives won't be full and abundant any longer. Each of God's commandments in the scripture were given to us as a blessing, not a burden. And so the Sabbath is really a gift. The Sabbath was, was given as a gift to people in the Old Testament that were formerly slaves. Slaves don't get gifts. And slaves don't get time off either. And after God appointed Moses to lead the children of Israel out of the bondage of Egypt, called Moses up on the mountain, and there he gave him the Ten Commandments. Number four is keep the Sabbath. Take a day off. Every six days, every seven day, the seventh day, Take a day off. What's the purpose of the day? To be really busy doing all kinds of other stuff? That's not the purpose of the day. What's the purpose of the day? Worship and rest. That's what the Sabbath is all about. Worship and rest. It's a holy day. It's a holiday. That's what the Sabbath is. Look at Isaiah chapter 58, verse 13. I love this in the New Living Translation. Keep the Sabbath day holy 
Don't pursue your own interests on that day. Wow. Boy, if that doesn't just clarify all these questions. Anytime I've talked about this, taught on this several times over the last 25 years, people are always like, what about this? What about that? Here it is, crystal clear. Keep the Sabbath day holy. Don't pursue your own interests on that day. But enjoy the Sabbath and speak of it with delight as the Lord's holy day. And then it goes on and it says, honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires or talk idly. Wow, that just clarifies it, doesn't it? The Sabbath is meant for worship and it's meant for rest. And it's almost like God says to his followers, you can pay me now or you can pay me later. You can, you can keep the Sabbath now. Take the Sabbath or the Sabbath will take from you. Because God understands there is a pace of life that we as human beings jump into that is completely unsustainable. And God says, I know. You know, I, it just reminds me of how we're called as children, aren't we? Just like children don't really know what's best for them. Who does? The parent. The parent knows. And so it's like, I remember when our girls were young, it's bedtime. You know, if a child, leave a child to themselves what, what they think is best, ice cream and cake for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Never sleep. Just keep going, 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 going. God says to you and I as children, that's unsustainable. You can't do it. You're going to break down physically. You're going to break down emotionally. You're going to break down spiritually. You're going to break down mentally if you continue to live life in overdrive. Honor the Sabbath and everything you do on that day and don't follow your own desires. What's the Sabbath for? It's for worshiping God and it's for resting. And, and I, could I put it this way even? I believe this is true. It's relationally connecting with other people that inspire your relationship with Christ. It's like what we're doing here today, this morning. This is part of keeping the Sabbath, worshiping God and re-energizing, rejuvenating our passion for Christ. That's why it's so important that we gather together as a church family. On what? On the Sabbath. Honor the Sabbath in everything you do on that day. And don't follow your own desires. It's not about what I want. Or talk idly as well. God not only blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy, watch this now, but he blesses those who courageously and consistently keep the Sabbath. Let me say that again. God not only blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy, but he blesses those who courageously and consistently keep it. One of the things I, I learned early on uh, as, a, as a boss, as an employer, a well-rested staff is an incredibly productive staff. There are times when, 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 it's, when it's quitting time, you can ask the staff around here at Valley Christian Church, I, I'm like, all right, knock it off. Time to go home, everybody. Time to go home. Because we're not gonna finish everything in one day. It just, you never finish. But you know what? Go home, rest, come back tomorrow. Be even more productive. Be even more productive than more hours, more hours, more hours. So God not only blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy, he blesses those who courageously and consistently keep it. Here's the second principle about the Sabbath. So important for us to know. 
The Sabbath is a command to comply with. The Sabbath is a command to comply with. Let's look at it. I just want to read right out of the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments in Exodus chapter 20, beginning in verse 8. Remember to observe the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You have six days each week for your ordinary work. Now that's pretty interesting, isn't it? Even as Americans, what? Most of us don't work six days. We work five. God says work six. Pretty wild, is it? For your ordinary work. So if you work a five-day five work week, what is day six supposed to be? For all that stuff around the house, all that busy family, go, 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 all that stuff. And then God says, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath day of rest. What's the purpose? Dedicated to the Lord your God. The day, not just an hour on a Sunday, the whole day is to be dedicated to the Lord your God. On that day, no one in your household may may do work. This includes, watch this now, you, your sons and daughters, your male and female servants. Isn't that crazy? God even said in, in, in a household that has servants, give them the day off as well. Give them the day off. They can't work. Your livestock, don't go plow in the field. Don't, don't make your livestock work. Any foreigners living among you? For in six days the Lord made the heavens, the earth, and the sea, and everything in them. But on the seventh day he rested. That's why the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and set it apart as holy. You know why so many people hate Mondays? (laughs) Because they haven't followed this on Sunday. Because they live the weekend in overdrive, and then it's time to just start again. They haven't observed God's work-rest cycle. One day, every seven days, set aside for worship and for rest. That's why you see on Facebook people, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's Monday. I need six extra cups of coffee. Right here. And, and, and it's because the pace of life as well. 3,000 years ago, Plus, when this was written, God knew our frame. Every seventh day, we got to rest and worship him and get our focus off of the stuff that has to be done, the stuff that we want to do, and get our focus onto him. It's number four in God's top ten list, the Ten Commandments. Many years ago, I, I, I preached a message on this same subject. Whatever happened to number four? Think about, the, think about the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not murder. Is all of a sudden, oh, that's okay. Ignore that. Let's just murder everyone. Murder's fine. Thou shalt not steal. Stealing okay now? No. Thou shalt not lie. Is it okay just to lie and, and uh, you know, be deceitful? No, we still don't think. But when it comes to Sabbath, of all the Ten Commandments, that's the one we just, so many people just, ah, forget about it. Doesn't apply to us anymore. Really? I think if one doesn't, none of them do. But if that nine do, tenth one here does. Number four, we're still human. Work, rest, cycle. So important. Motivated people, like myself, maybe like you as well, many times we don't comply with the Sabbath. Why? Because we don't want to, 
We don't think we need to. Or we actually don't even know how to stop. That's how driven we are. We don't know how to stop. We don't know how to put the brakes on. I, I know many, many pastors, it's kind of the in vogue thing right now. They take sabbaticals. It's the whole idea of Sabbath. Three months off paid vacation. My Lord and my God, I'd love that. Three months off, 90 days paid vacation. I, I have kind of some moral conflict with it uh, based on Scripture. The pastors that I know that have to do that is because they don't observe one day of rest and worship every seven. And they burn out. And so then they need three months off. I've been a pastor for 25 years. I know some pastors that have taken three, four sabbaticals in that amount of time. I never have. We have vacation time. Take it. Just like any other job. But observe the work-rest cycle. Amazing how fresh. Amazing how fresh we can stay. If we'll just do that. If we'll just really recognize number four on God's top ten list. Instead of living life in overdrive. You know, like others, uh, I actually have to work on Sunday. <laughs> Maybe you do too, uh, watching this by video or something. I have to find a way to disengage from church, from work. And, and, and that's, that's my occupation. Here's the thing that I've learned through the years. One full day, a 24-hour period, and for me it, it starts at about 2 o'clock on Sunday and it goes to about 2 o'clock on Monday. That's my Sabbath. That's my 24-hour period. And I found that it, work is sustainable that way, taking 24-hour period every six days just to rest. Here's what I've discovered. God won't let my job, the church, my family, my ministry fall apart because I obeyed him. He won't let that happen. He will let that happen if I disregard what he says. Nah, I don't need that number four. Just keep going in overdrive. But, but when I comply with this command that God gives us, he'll look after those things while I rest and while I worship him. He'll look after those things. Here's the third thing that we need to know about Sabbath in contrast to living life in overdrive. Third thing is this, the Sabbath is an example to follow. The Sabbath is an example to follow. Here it is now in Genesis chapter two. This is the pattern in creation. God, think about it, who never gets tired and yet he rested. Why? In creation. To give an example for you and me to follow. Look at it in Genesis chapter two, beginning in verse one. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in them was completed. And then it goes on and says, on the seventh day, God had finished his work of creation, so he rested from all of his work. He rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy because it was the day when he rested from his work of creation. He gives us a pattern. Think about it. Jesus Fully man, fully God, observed the Sabbath. The early church for millennia recognized the Sabbath. You know, there was a time even in our, in our culture, in our country, stores were closed on Sunday. 
Why do they begin to open? Because people like you and I no longer observe the Sabbath. And so that's another day to get done what we want to get done. And so it's a pattern to follow. Here's the thing in life. Balance is an illusion. Balance is an illusion. There is no balance in life. People say, oh, I just want balance. You'll never achieve it. God created life with a rhythm. A rhythm. And it's a work-rest rhythm. I did a series many years ago called Rhythm and Blues. If we follow God's rhythm, particularly when it comes to Sabbath, it'd be fine. If we don't follow the rhythm of the rhythm maker, we're going to be singing the blues. That work-rest cycle. And so balance is, is an illusion. Life is too unpredictable for there to be balance. A better biblical goal is to live life in rhythm. Just like athletes understand, you know, there's supposed to be an off-season because your body needs to rest and replenish. And, and then there's a, a pre-season. Then there's in-season. Accountants understand it as well. We're coming up pretty soon on tax time, and there's an incredible pace during that time. But then it's supposed to slow down because it's unsustainable. Any accountant will tell you, you know, leading up to tax day, that pace is unsustainable 12 months out of the year. Completely unsustainable. Every, even seasons of nature have a rhythm. Spring, summer, fall, winter. God created all of creation with a rhythm. When we recognize the rhythm and we go with the rhythm, it works out so much better for you and me. You know, one of the, uh, I think about this a lot of times, one of the TV shows that Williamson family, we love to watch is Blue Bloods. I don't know if you ever watched that. You know what my favorite part of Blue Bloods is? Sunday afternoon dinner. When as a family, they sit down, police commissioner, detective, nurse, assistant DA, grandkids, grandpa, great-grandpa, and they have a meal together on Sunday. And you know what they do? If you've ever, ever seen, what do they do first? Who's going to say the blessing? Rest, worship, rest cycle. And you can tell, by the way, check out their clothes. It's because they just got home from church. It's a wonderful thing. And you know what begins to happen then? As they're, they're there together, they begin to talk to each other. All kind of crazy surveys have been done about family mealtime. And what happens, the different dynamic in a family that once a week sits down and has a meal on a continual basis. Did you know that teen pregnancy just drops into single digits in a family that that happens? Suicide rate just drops down into single digits. Addictions drops down into single digits. Just a family having a meal together once a week. One time a week. It's a rhythm. It's a rhythm that God intended. Jesus demonstrated how our lives can be healthy. This healthy rhythm between healthy rhythm between life, doing the stuff, and rest. We see when we read through the Gospels over and over again, Jesus, there are times of intense ministry, and then he pulls back from the crowd for time to be alone. You may be saying, Well, Greg, why did he do that? 
He was tired. He needed to rest. There were times that he told the disciples, I just can't do this right now. Got in the boat, went to the other side of the lake. I, I just can't, I can't preach anymore. I, I, can't, I can't pray for any more people. I can't heal anymore. If the Son of God needed rest, time to rejuvenate, time to worship, how much more so you and I? Overdrive. God wants us to recognize the Sabbath. Here's the fourth important point about the Sabbath. The Sabbath is a person to love. The Sabbath is a person to love. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 28. Come to me, all you who are in overdrive, weary, and burdened, and I will give you rest. See, God loves your soul. He also loves your body, physically, emotions. God loves all of you. And Jesus says, come to me all who are in overdrive, weary, worn out, full of worry and concern and burden, and I will give you rest. He goes on, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, watch this now, and you will find rest for your souls. The Sabbath is a person to love. He goes on in verse 30 and he says, For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. See, let, let's put this in another kind of arena. If I told my wife, Susie, who I love, baby, I love you. I love you. And you know what? Christmas and Easter, we're going to spend an hour together. I don't think she'd stand for that very long. Honey, honey I love you. Uh, and you're the woman of my dreams. I, I'd do anything for you. And Once a month, we're going to sit down for 45 minutes and I'll, I'll give some thought to you. I don't think she'd stand that for very long. The Sabbath is a person to love. Jesus says you can't keep going in overdrive got to take a break God knows you can either observe you can either take the Sabbath or the Sabbath will take you if you don't take the Sabbath the Sabbath will take you the application of the Sabbath is flexible but the command is not flexible this is something we're supposed to do on a regular basis one day a week 24-hour period Disconnect from work and connect with God through worship and rest and relationships with other Christians. That's why I love uh, even tonight, Sunday night, is my, our community group. I can't wait. I can't wait because that's not work. That's replenishing. That builds me up. When I meet together with, a, with a, a few other couples, my wife and I, and we're sharing our lives with one another, that encourages me, that inspires me. That's what the Sabbath is for those that inspire me in my relationship with Jesus Christ. I grow in sharing my life with them together. 
If you don't take the Sabbath, the Sabbath will take you. So, so I guess here's, here's my question for you today. So what's the lack of Sabbath taking from you right now? What is the Sabbath taking from you right now? Uh, your health? We can't just keep going at the fevered pace. We will break down if we don't observe the rest work cycle. Maybe this, your joy. Your joy. It's amazing how many times when, when things are just spinning out of control, just a good night's sleep, completely fresh perspective. Rest. Your energy. Your energy. You just can't keep grinding. Our energy level begins to come down. Your family. Because we're at such a pace, again, we're, we're not ever present really. We don't recognize those teachable moments with our children because when we're with our kids and our family, we're just thinking about the work to be done. When we're at work, we're like, man, I can't wait to get back to the family. We're never present. Or how about this, just plain and simple, your peace. Your peace. See, if you don't take the Sabbath, the Sabbath will take you. And that's not what God wants for you. That's not what he wants for me. That's not why Jesus came to this earth to, to pay the price for my sins and your sins. It's not just that we would receive forgiveness. Jesus said, I have come that you would have life and that life more abundantly. And that happens when we take time to spend with him, and worship him, and rest and be replenished. So, maybe you're here today and you're saying, well, well, Greg, what should I do? What is it that I can really do? You know, something practical where the rubber meets the road. Let me, let me give you just a, a little tip. For some of you, you know, one day, we're in such overdrive, the thought of a 24-hour period of just worship and rest, and as we looked at in Isaiah 58, it's not about ourselves and our own desires. It's about Him. It's not about doing stuff we want to do. It's about worshiping Him and resting Him, getting rest replenish so here, here's a tip what should I do here's what I would suggest start each day with 15 minutes on the Sabbath 15 minutes of Sabbath just just set the alarm clock 15 minutes earlier just 15 minutes and just spend it focusing on Jesus how about this read scripture what should you read scripture just 15 minutes just to read God's word each day 15 minutes could really change your life. And, and some of you, I know you're like, well, I don't even have a Bible. Uh, do you have a smartphone? <laughs> if you have a smartphone, you're walking around with an incredible Bible in your pocket. Check this out, this, this app. We've talked about this before, the version app. This is Android, iPhone, iPad, you know, your tablet, anything like that, even on your laptop. If you just Google in your apps, or I'm not Google, just search in your apps, just type in Bible. It'll be the number one that comes up. Free, completely free. It has like only about 50 different translations of the Bible. I'd encourage you to, to, to choose the New Living Translation. Real easy to understand. And it also has Bible reading plans that take less than 15 minutes every day. You can just scroll through and say, oh, that, that, that looks interesting. And click on that. And they'll email you every single day. And it'll give a little notification just in the morning time to start your day. 15 minutes of Sabbath each day. Reading the scripture. And maybe you want to just break it up. Seven and a half minutes of scripture. And seven and a half minutes to pray. 
Read scripture and pray. Just 15 minutes a day. You'll be amazed at what, how that will begin to transform your life and transform your day. 15 minutes each day, every day, could change the next 15 years of your life. Think about that. In terms of like an incremental investment, the exponential return, if you and I would just begin to spend 15 minutes a day in scripture and in prayer, watch this, in one year's time, that's 90 hours. How much more peace would you have if you spent 90 hours each year in scripture reading and in prayer? How much more joy? How much more rest? Jesus said, come to me, you who are weak, weary, worn out, in overdrive. I'll give you rest. What if we just started out the day 15 minutes? That's my challenge to you today. Just 15 minutes a day. For some of us, we understand this. We, we know this whole Sabbath thing, and we just haven't been doing it. And so for us, we need 24 hours. Observe the rhythm that God has created in life. The work, rest, rhythm in life. So what I want to do right now is I just want to pray. I want to pray that, that God would give us the courage to just take his word seriously because so many of us are living in overdrive. Would you bow your heads with me? Heavenly Father, Lord, for many of us now, we know we didn't know before. For some of us, this, this whole idea of Sabbath is something that we knew we, we just have gotten way too busy, way too busy. And so, Father, we just pray. I pray for courage that we would begin to follow the, the rhythm of life that you've created, the, the work-rest rhythm. And we would begin to observe every seventh day, once a week, a day of worshiping you, focusing on you, resting and replenishing and knowing that you can take care of our family, you can take care of our job, you can take care of all those things. You'll bless those things when we obey you. Thank you, Father, that you love us so much. You not only care about our, our souls, you care about our health as well. In Jesus' name, amen.